A lot of great things coming to Rock Hill. It really was the people of Rock Hill. How many things does Rock Hill have going on? And you get to be a part of that. Now it's like, wow, I wanna be there. I wanna live there. I wanna go there. It is extraordinary. The changes that have happened and what I really believe is just the next really great city in South Carolina. And welcome into CityCast. My name is Ashley Studebaker alongside co-host here, Matthew Cray, where we aim to keep you updated on all things City of Rock Hill. We are joined today by Matt Clinton. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. So can you go over what your exact title is and how you got to the City of Rock Hill? And pull that microphone just a little bit closer to you. Well, if you're asking for my exact title, it's actually Senior City Forester. Mm. I, I think it's the first time I've actually ever told anybody, Senior City Forester. I uh, think they just call me old now. But um, I actually, I was working uh, uh, for a company in Greenville, but doing a lot of storm work down in Florida. Uh, it was, I think it was 2014, and four major hurricanes later, I was pretty tired of working down there uh, seven days a week, 12 hours a day. And uh, my wife told me about a horticulture job here in Rock Hill for Parks, Recreation, and Tourism. And I uh, applied for it and I flew in for the interview and, and got it and been here since. And have you always been from South Carolina? Did you grow up in South Carolina? I did, just down the road in McConnell, South Carolina. Ooh, very cool. Um, did you go to one of the local high schools? York. Okay. High. A York guy. There you yes. go. <laughs> so before we get into trees and all that good stuff that comes with your, uh, your job, we have the fun side of things. Matthew, I'll let you take that away. Yeah, so we're going to put you on the clock. We call this this or that, and they're very simple questions. We just want to know your preference. So we're going to go for a minute or all the questions, whichever comes first. Ashley has a timer over there. And Ashley, are you ready? I am ready. Matt, are you ready? I'm ready. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Dark. M&M's or Skittles? Ooh. Skittles. Jeans or sweatpants? Jeans. Carpet or hardwood floors? Hardwood. Nap on the sofa or in your bed? Mm. That's tough. I'm a sofa guy. Aquariums or zoos? Aquariums. Planned vacation or spontaneous vacation? Spontaneous. Mm. Salty or sweet? Sweet. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Would you rather go on a walk or go on a run? Run. Run or swim? Run. Ride mower or push mower? Run. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, clean the dishes right away or leave them? Or wife do them. Oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> what I can get away with or prefer? Uh, I would. I just will just go with do them. Uh, go without heat for a week or without air conditioning? Mm. I gotta have an AC uh, Ketchup or mustard? Mustard Time Okay, I was gonna say, that was my last question um, so Wait, you did you say without AC? Yeah, so without wow. heat or without AC yeah. oh. oh, I gotta have my AC Okay, oh, so you so go you without, without heat. heat Yeah, and also, I just realized I started in 04, not 14 Okay so, Oh, so you've been, oh, oh yeah, wow I don't know why You're, you you're a that. savvy veteran that's it's my memory just time goes. flies when you're having fun, you <laughs> Apparently know. Apparently so. You just got back from vacation. Your mind's still wherever Very you were. Where did you go? Uh, where did we go? We went down to Table Rock State Park. Had okay. A, had a great time there. Yeah. Cool. So you're an, you're an outdoors type of guy. Yes, I am. Awesome. So speaking of outdoors and what you do, you're the city forester. Can you just tell us all what that entails? 
probably four main categories of what I do. Um, one I would say uh, is more of a public uh, safety standpoint through the enforcement of our tree ordinances we have in Rock Hill. Uh, and then two of my most favorite one is our educational uh, programs that we do, like our Arbor Day events. Um, my, the one that probably takes the most time uh, for this position for sure is our, the managing the pruning contractors uh, for our, like our utility lines, our, our above ground electric utility lines, and also even our, our street trees. We, uh, we do those on a five-year cycle as well. So you mentioned education. You said that's your favorite one. Absolutely. Uh, what goes into that? Well, my favorite part of it is actually just working with the students. I mean, you never know what they'll say. They're, I mean, generally we're around fifth graders. They're enthusiastic. Mm. They're smart enough to ask some really good questions. And uh, and they kind of still like you, you know, when you get a little older, like my teenager, they just kind of don't. <laughs> <laughs> so are these students uh, from the local school district that get brought to you? Do you go to them? How does that work? Right. So we'll, we'll work with Rock Hill School District. They've been a partner with us for decades on this program and uh, we'll, uh, for the Arbor Day program, and we'll work with them. We'll plant them a tree at the site. So I'll be working with facility services. They've been fantastic, um, help us find a spot. And then we'll work with the principal there and then maybe down to the individual teachers and uh, have them at the event. We'll invite um, city management to come and everything. So yeah. You just teach them about the environment and trees and how they work and whatnot? And exactly. Yeah, we try to keep it fluid, you know. So uh, I know I'm jumping ahead on questions here, but you since you mentioned Arbor Day and Earth Day birthday, how what is first of all for those who don't know what is Arbor Day and how do you guys celebrate it? Well, Arbor Day started I think in maybe 1872. It's been around a while in Nebraska, mm -hmm. so it's it's. Uh, but each state or there is a national Arbor Day, uh, but in South Carolina we actually celebrate it at a more appropriate planting time of the year, so that's first Friday in December. And, and what we do is basically just, it gives us a chance to talk about the incredible benefits that trees provide to our community. All right, so we have uh, that Arbor Day. There's also a, a South, Car there's South Carolina and National Arbor Day, correct? That's right. What's the difference? Well, the National, I think, is held in the last Friday of April, so that's coming up. Uh, but the, that's, we've lost our prime planting season uh, for okay. trees. So we, we, South Carolina does it in December. Gotcha. And you said you celebrate uh, Arbor Day. What what goes into that celebration? I know it's a, a recognition of the different uh, trees in the area, but what give give us some more detail on that? Well, you know, often we'll have the the students are actually will drive the programming, so they may come up. They may have their they may talk about the benefits of trees. They may just talk about uh, what. It means to them uh, emotionally. They may have a poem they've written. They may sing a song about it. It's it's very creative. We let the schools and the children drive the program, so that's why I said we stay very fluid with it. Um, so yeah, it's just a it's just a great way to draw attention to the the importance of trees. I mean, we depend on them absolutely depend on. Them. We don't, we don't realize it. We take them for granted, especially in our area with such heavy tree coverage naturally. But we absolutely depend on them. So obviously you think it's really important to reach the younger generation because you do so much with the schools. Uh, why do you think it's important to give them that information? Just as a reminder, to plant that seed, so to speak. Good good one. Um, so Earth Day, um, I think most people kind of understand what Earth Day is. Um, but what do, what do you, we do or you do um, in your position to celebrate Earth Day birthday? Well... 
I'm not a I'm not part of the planning process. We're just a uh, when I say we, I'm sorry. The Rock Hill Tree Commission is really is they have a booth there at Earth Day birthday event, and again, that's one of those things that we're just bringing attention to not just trees. But we're talking about our trees, how it fits into our environment, but it's the importance of our environment there. So we celebrate that together in a lot of different ways. It's a great program. So the Rock Hill Tree Commission, do you work alongside with them, even though they're planning this? I'm, I'm the staff liaison okay. uh, for them. So it's a seven citizen group. They volunteer their time and, and they're passionate about trees and they're passionate about their community. And they help, uh, basically, they do a lot of things, but in this particular case, they volunteer their time to come out and uh, and share this information with the community at, their, at these events. Well, what are some of the other things that the commission does? They One of the main things they do is I meet with them monthly. Uh, they advise me in my job role and what I do. Um, I have to give a report, and I, I don't mean that in a negative way, but I give a report to them what I have been doing and what I plan to do and so they 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 do not over my position necessarily mm -hmm. but they advise me that sounds like a really good idea Matt let's go further with that hey have you thought about this so it's great feedback from the community I get from them so Rock Hill is considered to be a tree city what does that mean that's from the art it's a designation from the Arbor Day Foundation so a national organization and Rock Rock, I think there's a, over 3,000 communities slash cities in the nation, and we're one of them. Um, it's not it very easily gained. Uh, the previous city, Forrester, I believe, was able to set that up and, and be able to get that. We've, I think we've been doing it 34 years now in a row. Mm -hmm. wow. uh, but what it is is a set of guidelines. Uh, you, you've got to have several meetings. One, Tree Commission really helps um, weigh in, be able to get that designation. You get that city citizen body influence on it. And then also, you you have uh, tree ordinances. A set of tree ordinances are very important for uh, public protection and and management of the trees. How are you going to do that? All right. So a couple months ago, we here at the city put out a post that uh, you guys would be giving away some trees, and we did not really think twice about about it when we posted it. But that post got several hundred shares, and by the time that uh, day rolled around well I'll just leave it it was a good turnout you tell us about exactly how it went well this was our we were sticking our toe in the water I mean we didn't really we didn't really know what we're getting into which turned out to be fantastic but we were given the opportunity through the uh, power plant SC is the program power plant SC three, okay three words the I think it, this originally came from the governor McMaster's um, initiative to try to plant I think it's like 10 million trees in 10 years in South Carolina something like that um, so it, this this came off of that so they somebody reached out to us and basically to Rock Hill and said hey we've got some free trees if you want to give them out or actually they just said if you want to plant them in your community and I thought about a tree giveaway and I said well let's just see and I was kind of worried because they're seedlings they're not planted in pots so you have to move them and you have very small window of time to get those moved otherwise they're bare roots, so they'll die. Mm. And you have to keep them moist. Uh, so we said, well, let's just try 200, let's just see how it goes. We ended up getting 150 uh, just because, I guess, this is what the supplies had. And But we had, to, we had to move on this extremely fast. That's the Facebook and the social media. And my goodness, uh, I think 45 minutes we had them all given out. And wow. people were we – had a, we had a line of people down the sidewalk 100 feet long. We could not get them wrapped up individually fast enough. And we, 
Uh, we had several people answering questions from the tree commission there. Uh, it was a, but I mean, the feedback from the community, everybody was so excited. Even the people who didn't get a tree, we ran out of trees. They took their time to stop. Many people did while we're standing out there cleaning up because we just want to thank you for doing this. We just want to thank you because this is so important to us. So, yeah, so if we get another opportunity for this, we're going to do it again. I was about to say, that's probably the million-dollar question, right? Are there plans to do this again? <laughs> well, you say that. We, we, Rock Hill does give out trees and uh, through donations. We've been doing this for years. Uh, we, we, at our Arbor Day event, as I mentioned before, we actually give each student a tree to take home with them. Mm. Uh, so it's very similar, a bare root-type tree. And then this Earth Day birthday we're given, so the 30th, I think it is, April 30th, Saturday morning, we're going to be giving out more trees there. Uh, I think they're going to be dawn redwoods if the supplies come in the way they're supposed to. So those are kind of a large tree, but we're excited to do that. So you went into that thing with some doubts, thinking that people might not want the trees. Uh, how did the res- how did you feel about the response and the turnout? Is that encouraging? Absolutely. Um, it was it was one of those things that you know just didn't know if you're going to have a hundred trees left over. You got to find homes for. Mm-hmm. But when you've got such demand and then so so many. I didn't get a single negative comment, not even from a single person who waited to get a tree and didn't get one, not and one. That, that was, was like 8 a.m. on a Saturday, right? 8 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> By 8.45, we were done. <laughs> That's some dedication. I pulled in there, I think, at 7.30, and the people were already waiting there in the parking lot. Wow. Yeah. Black Friday tree edition. <laughs> yes. So um, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you come up with some ideas and plans to present to the tree commission. Um, what are some of those other plans and stuff that you come up with? I feel like that's very intriguing for people to know. Well, first of all, I don't want to make it like I'm coming up with this. Mm-hmm. I work with a lot of great departments here. Um, I'm, I'm, there is no such thing as the forestry department, but if there was, I am the forestry department. Mm-hmm. So I am forced, in, but it's a good thing that to, to work with other departments. Uh, and they've been fantastic to work with. Um, so one of the projects that the Tree Commission is working on currently is a in-depth tree canopy study. So I'm working closely with uh, Alex Boyce in planning, and he is heading up a project there to, to we're, we're, we want to find out how much tree canopy coverage we have in Rock Hill. We have an idea now already, but we want to be able to break it down by specific areas, possibly wards, possibly, you know, look at it, create a baseline so we can pull this up in 10 years and see how our tree canopy looks. Are we losing some? Are we gaining some in this particular area, this type of thing? So the tree commission is involved with that, but also we're looking at potentially putting together a urban forestry master plan draft. So that, imagine that's a lot of you need a lot of feedback from that so they're in it from the start so they're they're just now starting to get involved with that hearing about some conceptual plans what we could possibly do with that so yeah um, they're they're gonna be busy all right allow me to be naive for a minute so you're the senior forester and does what how do i phrase this so you're in, are you in charge of all the trees in Rock Hill? Like, is, is that a dumb way to ask that question? <laughs> no, no, it, it's completely understandable. And it seems like it would be that way. But again, I am the forestry department and I really don't own any trees okay. myself. I mean, yeah. so I'm absolutely dependent on the other tree managers in Rock Hill. So PRT has a great number of trees. Our major roadways, you know, Dave Lyle, Cherry Road, and then a lot of other parks that they have they have a lot of them and, you know they manage their trees and and i used to be that guy who managed it for them because i was in the parks and recreation tourism so i understand that's a lot of work for for them to do and they do a good job for it but when they need any other extra advisement 
they pull me in uh, often, and, but generally they handle their own their things. Now I do manage the street trees that they do, but we are very fortunate in Rock Hill. We have proactive tree, street tree management now, so we're we're looking at we've got a, our street trees inventoried in Rock Hill, and our goal is to uh, not only maintain those trees once every five years, but do an assessment on those trees every five years. So our inventory is getting updated as we go. So there's no information that's older than five years. A lot of times you do an inventory, it sits stagnant on somebody's shelf. 20 years later, it, it, it mean, it's meaningless at that point. But this self-updates the way we do it. So for you, um, I, I actually believe I had reached out to you before in regards to me being naive and just living in city limits. But if someone is looking at their utility lines mm -hmm. or, or whatever that is, and they see kind of a, a tree that they see disrupting that, do they contact you like, hey, there's a tree that's over my power line or Absolutely. something? Absolutely. And that is the majority of what I do, especially starting right now in the season, I, I kind of have seasons starting now uh, until probably the end of September where things are just absolutely wide open. People are in their yards. They're doing yard mm -hmm. work. They're, they're trying to improve things, um, and they look up, and they, they get questions. And so my phone starts ringing a lot at this time. Yeah. So does, does forestry include, like, bushes as well, or is, are you just trees? No, that's a good question. What I do technically for the utility side of things, I'm the veg I manage the vegetation, as we call it. Okay. okay. Because, you know, you know, at some point a, a shrub can become a tree, and, you know, size-wise, and it can, you know, shrubs can be problematic in the, for knocking our power out, things like that. So we do manage, you know, vines, shrubs, you know, trees. So we just call it vegetation. Gotcha. So from the the bush or tree down to the ground is you and then when it hits the ground that's someone else right <laughs> well we're, we're just trying to <laughs> keep reliable power is our main goal there gotcha yeah. so uh you know you mentioned earlier that we take for granted the tree just trees in general um and how we depend on them and i mean i think it's noted that rock hill is beautiful our parks are gorgeous and a lot of that has to do with the trees so how can you or how do the trees differ in different parts of the city that mm. kind of make up this big beautiful then that's a good question I, I, you know i'm looking i'm thinking back on it i think in the early 1900s around 10s 20s 30s 40s there was a it was really the trend to plant large willow oaks in rock hill and, and it worked it was very successful they had an incredible uh, urban forest canopy for the size of the city, uh, it, it, but really, there those trees are aging out. We're losing that. I think trend-wise, what you were saying, uh, I, I see it like our downtown areas and things like that. Their older neighborhoods, they've got these beautiful canopies of trees, but they're but you, they're just dying out left and right. I mean, it's, it's that time of their life. Um, but as it seems like as we're seeing new development, I'm I'm seeing the trend of generally of smaller trees going in, smaller species. Um, I, I kind of, I really, I think it's really important to do a mixture of both. It's not really do a good to do a monoculture of any one thing. Um, so you really need it of all sizes. And we, in the, in the utility side of things, we always say right tree, right place. Of course, we don't want large growing trees underneath power lines. That is right. no, it's no good for anything at that point. Um, but you may have a small yard, so you might need a small tree or whatever situation is. So yet, but I'm seeing, it seems like I'm seeing, and it's this, purely me just no scientific study but i think we're doing a lot of smaller trees species trees now all right so matt i went to winthrop and i was there from 2012 to 2015 
And my freshman year in the spring, I very m much remember that things got a bit crazy with these uh, these little green worms that would fly and hang off the trees. They fly. They they don't quite fly, but they can. Uh, the wind can carry them, and they're. Uh, Oh not God. web, but whatever makes no, a web. No, yeah. you're exactly right. And they carry them, and it was a big thing. I, I don't see them as much anymore, but I've, I've done a project on it before. Explain uh, what you guys have to do to prevent those little inchworms from becoming a problem. Well, uh, I would love to say is through our incredible uh, programs that we got these numbers under control. But no, uh, the, the numbers have declined to the point where they're almost non-existent. They're there. And they're in small numbers. Uh, they're they're I believe they're native. Um, we just had it in, you were at Winthrop when we had an incredible number of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a thing. I it, promise. It, was, it really was. Um, <laughs> Cause it was an explosion back. I think it was around maybe 12, 13. There was an absolute explosion in the population of these things. It, it was like, it went from seeing an, what some people call an inchworm. You see one or two a year to you're literally You've got them pasted all on the front of you if you walk it like you're walking oh across campus. God. They'd be in your hair. Oh. They'd be all over your. And of course, the worst thing you do is try to knock them off because then you would smear it on your clothes. I remember this. This was fun times. Uh, but oh they were. Oh my god! But they will blow. And a windy day, they'll have a long web. They'll they'll hang down off of the trees and then they'll just get carried away and they'll travel a long ways in the wind on their little parasail, so to speak. So that's insane. My, you correct me here if I'm wrong. My understanding is they come from a moth-type species that climbs up the tree and then lays those eggs in, uh, so they come out in the spring, in, like, the fall. And so when you walk around for, let's say, the Rock Hill Christmas Parade, there are little black bands on the trees, mm -hmm. correct? And what do those do? Okay, so the, those, we and we're not, we're, we have paused the program. The numbers, okay. we're, the numbers are so low, it just... It's not a problem anymore. It's not a problem, yes. Uh, we When I say pause, we pause. We expect the numbers to come back up eventually. I was about to say, yeah. do I need to prepare right. for this? <laughs> right. Um, hopefully, it'll just be a slow progression instead of an explosion. Um, so the black bands, what they were designed to do is that the, the female moth does, does not have wings. So she cannot fly to the top of the tree to, lend, to lay her eggs where she wants to do that. So she climbs. Any, basically, any structure going upright, they'll find it and go up it. Um, so the bands are literally bands, plastic bands with sticky um, a substance, a, a non-toxic sticky substance around, and they just would get stuck in it. And that stops them from laying their eggs at the top of the trees. It's pretty much that simple. Matt uh, saved Rock Hill from no. inchworm <laughs> invasion is what I'm hearing Say, right yeah. now. I will not take credit for that. <laughs> uh, the previous city forester, though, he, he did. Uh, the poor guy, he called it. He's the one that called it. So it was before my time in okay. this position. And I remember him telling me about it. I think he about pulled out all of his hair from that <laughs> for a few years. Jeez. So when I, when I took over, I only had a few phone calls that year from it. Okay. He couldn't believe it. He had thousands. I mean, he was... That's all he was doing for a while. Wow. Yeah. As um, much as I love Rock Hill, I am so glad I was not here during that time. <laughs> so those were the inchworms. Uh, obviously, those aren't the only type of animals that live in trees. Are there any other critters or things you have to watch out for? What's on the horizon that we... Yes. Um, so the one I would guess would be the next real problem from Rock Hill would be what's called emerald ash borer. If you haven't heard of this this thing it's it is has killed hundreds of millions of trees in the north and it, it attacks mainly ash trees uh, 
we have native ash trees in Rock Hill. We don't have many ash trees in our streetscapes. We have, I don't even know the number, but it's very few. Uh, so we're not worried about it from that standpoint, but the uh, just our native ash trees that generally like to grow, there are some neighborhoods that have a high number of ash um, just in their yards and things, but they generally like to grow in the wetter areas. So I expect that to be a, a real problem at some point, but I, they don't really know how it's gonna do in the south right here. And they are around us, uh, just in North Carolina, there are some. Mecklenburg County has some. So there are near us. Um, they take years to kill the tree. It's not a uh, something that just all of a sudden your tree's dead situation normally. But that is the one I, that I'm most worried about coming up. Is is that a, a disease or an animal or? Emerald ash borer, I'm sorry, is an insect. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Um, and it just w- gets inside the tree and? It does. Um, it, it bores inside the tree and just it physically weakens it um and then there are symptoms I, I would just suggest you just you get on google and look up emerald ash borer there is so much information about emerald ash borer that, wow yeah, it's amazing <laughs> uh, the next one though on the horizon i would say keep an eye out we don't have in our area but there was a major outbreak in charleston area and there's been other port cities this has called created a lot of devastation over the last 20 30 years when they've broken loose it's called asian longhorn beetle um, so emerald ash borer is specific to ash trees for the most part. Uh, Asian longhorn beetle, what's so scary about it is they're not specific to pretty much anything. They will attack it and kill it. And, uh, and if it's wood, it's good for them. Um, wow. So it's really, really, everybody's really worried about this one getting out of control. So they did not only, I think it's in, I don't know if it's Charleston County. I'm not sure, somewhere in the low country right down there. But they only not only had to eradicate the trees, but this huge buffer around it, they had to just take completely clear cut everything because they could not take the chance of this getting further because of the devastation it will do. So when do I need to be prepared for this? <laughs> so, I'm just saying Google search it. The so, thought of beetle is... Is part of your job to kind of be on the lookout for those things? Absolutely. How do you How do you figure out what the next uh, insect invasion might be? How well, does... <laughs> well, I am, I've, I'm in a privileged department to where I get to go to... Uh, conferences and ed, you know, education things to learn about this I mean it's not I mean these things these things progress so I mean it's been a long time since I've been to Clemson and I mean Emerald Ash Border wasn't even on the radar back then oh, wow. I mean you know it was so or at least not down here it wasn't for sure so yeah there, I mean there's a lot of other insects that we deal with I'll, I try to keep an eye open for you know what may be some of these most alarming ones also um, just the simple things I get a lot of phone calls on through the year we got southern pine beetle you know bagworms tent the tent caterpillars they're out right now you know see them crawling around um then you get to fall webworms and arm strike oakworms in the fall so there's a there's a lot of stuff that's just mm. out there and then i have to kind of different you know let, it's okay you know these are these are <laughs> normal and it's normal population it's not causing any real harm to the tree we're okay so not long ago and when i say not long i don't know maybe just a few months ago there was a a tree that I can't think of the name of it. It was banned in South Carolina. It had, um, gosh, what was the name of that Bradford tree? Bradford pear tree. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on that or, and what kind of process that is when you get notified? Do you, like, how do you get rid of those trees here? Mm. Well, the simplest way, of course, is to remove the trees, to cut the trees down. Um, the, the problem with Bradford pears, and they were a major, major landscape tree in the southeast uh, for decades, they were they were promoted as to be the kind of the perfect tree. They had some major structural problems. After about year 15, they were prone to breaking themselves apart. They get so heavy and they would break. 
uh, brittle wood and, and the poor branch structure. But what they, the real problem with these trees turned out to be they were not sterile trees. Their seeds, uh, if I understand it right, um, cross, will cross-pollinate and then the, they can produce a viable seed. So they are spread already everywhere. And unfortunately, the offspring come out with, I don't know, two, three-inch thorns. And wow. that, that can easily pop tires, can even get tractor tires. So even trying to keep them mowed down in a field to get in agricultural fields is problematic if you don't do it uh, basically about once a year. So they're taking over uh, a lot of our areas. So next spring, when you come around to Bradford Pear starting to bloom again, look out. If you see fields of white out there, as that is the that's that tree that's escaped. Mm. My allergies will not be upset about the about yeah. that one so so <laughs> yes i don't I, i've never shed a tear about losing a bradford bear mm-hmm. so. ah, good to know so uh you mentioned you started in 2004 ish time yes. um what's the biggest difference that you've seen since then and now in rock hill since there's been such massive development like has your job changed significantly well i mean i started out in the at glencairn garden and so we the redevelopment of glencairn during that time it was it was great. I came from a tree background. I learned horticulture side of things there, or at least a, a good portion of it. Uh, what has changed in Rock Hill? Goodness, so other than Glencairn, I mean, Glencairn is beautiful, and that wasn't uh, that was wonderful. I mean, we've since what the, the the BMX. I mean the I mean the whole Riverwalk community. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so much has happened. And I, you know, it's it's hard to even fathom what all has changed. Of course, I'd been away about ten years when I came here in two thousand four, and I couldn't believe the growth at that point. Mm. It, it, I didn't even know where I was at one point, part of the city. Is um, a city forester, this is just something I randomly thought, of, is that normal for everywhere to have? Because, like, when I think city forester, your office is in a treehouse or something. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. is it normal? To, is a forester just? It is. Uh, there is a major conference I've, I've been able to go to the uh, last few years uh, through grant money. It's a national conference, our Arbor Day Foundation. So I really get to see all these different cities, communities, and there's a lot of people who attend are people like me. So, yes, there are a lot of us, quote, you know, city foresters, city arborists, whatever the name goes by in that community. Um, that's very common. I'm actually pretty unusual, at least I am. I know I am. <laughs> but, the, but the position is, is quite unusual because it's housed in the utilities electric department. I have yet to find, I'm sure there's some out there, but I've yet to find another community that has the city forest or arborist or whatever housed under utilities electric. Mm. We, cause we have our, we're fairly unique cause we have our own uti- right. electric system. Mm-hmm. So that, that's interesting spin on things there. Um, I get to, I get to be involved with, I get to see the other side of things. Actually, I get to wear two different hats and that I get to promote how good trees are. And the other hat, I'm seems like I'm contradicting that I'm going, Oh, we've got to cut all these trees. We're actually pruning and keeping that back away from the power lines. But um, but I also it, it's given me the ability to hear both sides of the story and why mm-hmm. we got to have reliable power, how important is the plant and and that type of thing. So yes, it, it's uh, our community is rather unique actually. Is there anything that we missed or that you'd like to add? No, I just appreciate you having me here. I have to let you know before we uh, dip out of here that in the few times in planning this that I forgot your name, I, I called you just Tree Guy. Nah, so nah, uh, nah, I'll take that. I get called that worse than that. So Matt nah. is your name and trees are your game. That's right. Yes. Thank you so much for joining CityCast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.